Final cutdown day represents for sure one of the top five days of my life and one of the top five worst days of my life. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. It is cutdown day in the NFL. It's cutdown night or the night after cutdown day. And lots to talk about this week. We're presented, as always, by DraftKings. My producer, Brian Neal, my music producer, my son, Sam Brandt, that music you hear below us. And like I said, cut down day and better. Who better to talk to than my partner in arms in the podcast world, Ross Tucker. This is a simulcast week where I talk to him, talk a lot about the Jimmy G non-trade, where he's staying on with the 49ers and his thoughts and my thoughts, especially on the money part of it with Jimmy G. We talk about all the trades on cutdown day with the low round picks going back and forth and Ross's experience in being one of those players traded for a pick to be named later. And then, of course, all the situations that happen on cutdown day. He shares from his player point of view and I share from not only my executive point of view with the Packers, but I was an agent and I experienced cutdown day for my clients sometimes in very happy ways, sometimes in very sad ways. And yeah, I had a lot of clients cut this day in previous years. You're going to hear all about that from me, from Ross Tucker, insights that hopefully you don't get anywhere else. So without further ado, enjoy this podcast with me and my friend, Ross Tucker. Every once in a while, there's a day that's so important and a topic that's so interesting that we have to have it on both shows. We have to have it on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We have to have it on the Business of Sports, which is hosted by my guy, Andrew Brandt, who you know all over at, on social media, at Andrew Brandt. Of course, Villanova Law School, the former agent, the former lawyer, I guess still lawyer, I don't even know, the former executive, which is what we ask him about the most, although his agent side always comes up absolutely love the content that he puts out whether it's the business of sports or the sunday seven newsletter which i read every single sunday without fail andrew had to do this i mean if i was going to ask you to come on my show on a tuesday night because i wanted to break everything down that happened today might as well pop it on the business of sports as well yeah, good to be with you, Ross. It's been a while. And you know what? It's it's back at you because this is the Business of Sports podcast as well. And no better person to talk about cut down day that someone's been through it from a live standpoint, not just me as an executive, but you as a player. And we can kind of compare notes on what's happened. And there's all the, also all this other stuff to talk about. I don't know if it's on your list, but certainly Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Areza, all kinds of things going on in the NFL at the busiest time before the games start next week. You know, it's interesting, Andrew. I tweeted this today at Ross Tucker NFL. Final cutdown day represents for sure one of the top five days of my life and one of the top five worst days of my life. Yeah. I mean, think about that. I'm 43, I, 43 and a half. And out of all those days, one of the top five, and I'm it's probably like top two or three. Uh, it's probably, well, after my two kids and my wife, probably fourth. <laughs> and then um, 
certainly one of the worst days as well. A top top three or four worst day as well. But you did mention the Garoppolo news, which I think is the most significant because probably the most surprising, Andrew, break down exactly what they did and what you think of it. Yeah, Ross, this has been kind of sitting there all offseason. We've seen so many quarterback moves, a lot of them early, right, with Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. And then we saw Drew Locke traded. And then we saw Baker Mayfield traded. But nothing happened with Garoppolo. And I think that's the story here, where the 49ers had him on the market basically since last playoffs. You know, he's basically been on the market since January. And now we're seven months in and no offers. I mean, what the, what happened, we'll talk about the money in a second, but it really tells me there was zero trade market for Jimmy Garoppolo about that. Guy that led him to the Super Bowl, led him to championship games, was at the helm, maybe would have gone to the Super Bowl last year, but for an interception that got dropped. No offers. Now we can talk about the uh, the injury, but it just seems odd. Because without any offers, guess what? He, with his hat in hand, he's back. And I guess what I want to say, Ross, is as of two days ago, he was supposed to make $24 million. It just shows you, as you know so well, the folly of these contracts, where now he's making $6.5 million, about 26% of that. And he's their backup, I guess, but... I never expected him to stay on the 49ers, but probably they didn't either. They did they couldn't find anyone I I don't even think to give a low round pick. So it's just odd that he's back, but he's back and uh he's the backup. And it sounds like, you know, he's you know, the guy they didn't want all offseason, they'll want him. He's their guy again, just like old times. You know, there's a lot here, Andrew. The first yeah. thing I would say is I'm sure there was some trade interest in him, but nobody wanted to pay him $24 million. Sure. I mean, one of the first things I guess I think about, Andrew, is we've gotten to this point where there's like no middle ground. You're either making 40 plus million a year as the franchise quarterback, or like you're on a rookie contract, or you're a backup and six and a half is a high number for a backup. It It is wild that it feels like there's like a $35 million chasm between yeah. being, you know, declared the guy and not being the guy. Yeah. You know, he was supposed to make $24 million with the 49ers or any other team. And I said this today earlier, his chances of making $24 million – for the 49ers and any other team were the same as you and I making $24 million for the 49ers and any other team. It just wasn't going to happen. And you're right. When you look at trades these days, there's two parts. There's the talent part and there's the money part. And that's why players become so much more valuable on long-term deals, especially what you can say contract-friendly long-term deals. Yeah, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo's money held that up, but he's not an idiot. And Don Yee, they knew they were going to have to take a major haircut financially to play this year. I'm kind of thinking, Ross, like who would have been the suitor? I guess people talk about Seattle, but 
what are they going to do with Drew Locke, who they just and they're starting Geno Smith? I mean, seems to me the musical chairs ran out for Jimmy G. And maybe Seattle was the only option left, and they decided to go with what they had. So I'm a little surprised that he didn't sort of say to the Niners, then cut me, right? I mean, you know, they weren't going to have him on the week one roster and guarantee the 24 and a half. They were going to have to cut him, and then he would have gotten his pick of the teams – I have to imagine that Don Yee assessed the market and realized no one was going to give him that money right now. No one really wanted him right now. This way, he'll get $6.5 million guaranteed. If the Niners have an injury or Lance plays poorly, he has a chance to come in. There's no franchise tag. There's nothing for after this season. He'll be completely free. And or he has a a no-trade clause, meaning he doesn't have to go to some bad team if he doesn't want to. The Niners, I know what the Niners get out of it. They get a heck of a backup quarterback for not that much money who might end up starting, and they still have Jimmy G to trade if another team has an injury. I guess Jimmy G wanted to lock that money in and – um, you know, be able to go somewhere else during the season if there's an injury. But I don't know. I'm a little surprised. They they must have realized nobody was going to give it to him, Andrew. Or, you know, there's the other part that they played Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy all these weeks, and they said, we don't like that. So I don't know. I mean, listen, what we're obviously not talking about here is Trey Lance. They This was preordained a year and a half ago, right? They traded two, essentially three number one picks to take Trey Lance, he was the future. He's been the future. He's been the franchise for a long time. It's just that took a year, a la Pat Mahomes, someone that just sort of sat a year, and now he's ready. It's his team. You do wonder a little bit about the psyche, still having Garoppolo there, but I think what's gone on with Kyle Shanahan and these two quarterbacks is it's been over and over said that that Trey's the guy. And hopefully Jimmy G works with it. But what's interesting, Ross, is everything you read about this, he's not even been practicing Jimmy G. Like he's been off in some other field. He goes home before they're done practicing. So it's like it's a marriage of convenience. They're kind of staying together. I think they're waiting for the next quarterback injury to try to leverage that situation for a trade. Something by the trade deadline. Of course, he won't be there next year. It's just kind of, okay, we're coexisting for these few months. Yeah, that all sounds good. Right. Until Trey Lance plays bad the first couple games. And Niners fans say, uh-oh, we got to put Jimmy back in. It's a very, very, very interesting situation. I want to move on to some of the other things. Andrew, there's a bunch of trades. I mean, there was a bunch of trades. Most of them are of little consequence. It's late-round pick swaps. It's conditional sevenths, of which I am the charter founding member of the conditional seventh club. Although I'm feeling better about myself, Andrew. I was traded for conditional seventh the very next year. Some of these guys now get traded for oh, conditional yeah. sevens in 2024 and 2025. 
So I, I can no longer claim that I got traded for the littlest amount of things you can get traded for because you can actually trade a conditional seventh in further uh, away years. Uh, but that's most of the trades right now. I guess the big one that isn't quite like that is the, the Saints and the Eagles with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That was the biggest name trade so far today, I guess. Your thoughts on trades this time of year? Yeah, there are trades of players that aren't going to make the team, try to get something for them. We saw some trades in the past couple of weeks with players that weren't going to make teams. The Eagles, again, with the Seahawks, and Seahawks trading a cornerback for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who didn't make the Seahawks. But we have those kind of trades. And then just trying to figure out compensation for churn players at the bottom of the roster. Like you said, conditional sevens, I think you can go out three years or two years plus. So that would mean the 2025, like you said, seventh would be the last pick you could put in a trade, a conditional. So, yeah, it's really just trying to get some churn on your roster. And I think trades are fun at the, at the, at the trade deadline because then you can figure out, okay, you can walk back into your room as a GM in front office and say, I got something, right? I got something for a guy that we were going to put on the waiver wire. I got something. It's amazing how satisfying that feeling is for so many GMs. And speaking of GMs, our old friend in Philly, Howie Roseman, he did it again where he got a quality starting safety and or corner in Gardner Johnson for scraps for a fifth rounder and a sixth rounder and getting back a seventh rounder. You know, (laughs) I've said this before, Ross, a lot of GMs come from scouting background and that's great. But here's a GM that comes from my background, just negotiating and figuring out angles and figuring out ways to, to win a deal. And he has won a deal once again to get a quality player that will probably start for the Eagles for scraps, scraps. And he did a trade with the saints during the uh, draft weekend. That seemed like a, Very favorable trade for the Eagles, getting another first-round pick next year. And here we are again. And it looks like how he found his mark with the Saints in the past three months. Andrew, when you were with the Packers, what was your involvement in today? What was your involvement in final cuts? Well, leading up to it, I would go over scenarios like if we lose this guy, this would be guaranteed money. This would be better cap-wise, this player over that player, and that's no secret. You know, younger players are cheaper. Talk about uh, tough roster decisions weighing in from the cap point of view with dead money, with guaranteed money, with leftover charges that we're going to have on our cap. Those kind of things. But this starts with me, Ross, in in my old role. It would start on draft day because, let's face it, if you're in the first four rounds. Now some would say first three rounds. You pretty much made the team. So I would start asking these questions like, who are we pushing out? What veteran's going to be off the roster because of this pick? How much are we going to have to pay him? Where's our scenario going with depth chart based on the draft? So this is a process that began in April and ends on, on cut down day. And then Ross, I would be in the what's the word, like the rotation of the goodbyes, right? So 
in my day, it would be Reggie McKenzie or John Schneider or John Dorsey from our office at the Packers, where they come, bring their playbook. They're told they're not staying. They're going to be released. It's a tough moment. And then the goodbyes to the coaches and then on the way out would be my office. And I'll tell you this, and I wrote, I wrote this the other day on Twitter. You learn a lot about guys in the exit. You know, some would have their fist balled up, can't believe it, cursing out. I can't believe they kept that guy over me. He stinks, whatever. And some would be incredibly professional and respectful. Thank you for the opportunity. This place was great. I, I will cherish these past three months, blah, blah, blah. And that made a difference. We talked about that. We brought players back that handled themselves that way over ones that didn't. So maybe players need to hear this because it does make a difference how you leave, even if you're told you're not good enough. Um, that's interesting. I, I, I handled it uh, differently depending on the situations. Um, a couple of times I was shocked uh, legitimately shocked and um, I guess responded as as such. Other times I knew it was coming and handled it much, much better. <laughs> um, so when you were shocked, how did you handle it? Uh, well, in Dallas, they cut me like in May after a mini camp, which wow. is, is a weird time to cut somebody. So I said to the guy, are you kidding? His name is Bruce. He was like the, the guy in Dallas that would cut people. I'm like, are you kidding? He's like, no. And what's crazy is he came and sat next to me, Andrew, in the locker room. Like, everybody's leaving. It's the last day of minicamp or OTA. Everybody's leaving. And he taps my shoulder and says, Ross, uh, I just wanted to let you know we're, we're going to be letting you go. And I was like, Bruce, that's not even funny. Oh. He's like, I'm, I'm not kidding. Because I had started seven games the year before, Andrew, and played well. So I, I thought, you know, I knew I was going to be battling, but I thought training camp, you know, helmet, shoulder pads on, like yeah. show what I can do. So I went to find Parcells. He was talking with Deion Sanders. I said, <laughs> can I talk to you? And he said, yeah. I said to Deion, hey, I, I got I to talk to him. I was like, you're cutting me? after minicamp and he's like well here's the deal with this like you know we're blah 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 i can't remember i was just like we didn't even have helmet and shoulder pads on very satisfying by the way after i got claimed on waivers by buffalo and made the usa today all joe team that year in 03 yeah he admitted to my agent that he made a mistake <laughs> um and then man when when cleveland traded for me Started the last three preseason games, and then they cut me. I, I saw I, – I didn't even – I mean, I slept in. I looked at my phone. I had a missed call from the Cleveland number. I, I couldn't believe it. And uh, I went flying in there, and I think I talked to Romeo Cronell first, and he had, like, nothing to do with it as the head coach. It was Phil Savage, a GM. And I was like, wait a minute. Who are, who are you keeping? Oh. I think, well, right now we got Lenny Friedman and we have, I think his name is Rob Smith, an undrafted free agent. I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> I, I, like, it, it, Andrew, it was like, I was like, you are not keeping 
uh, uh, Rob Smith over me. This like, just tell me the truth. Well, it turns out later on that day they traded for Hank Fraley, oh. which I think made me feel a little bit better, Andrew. But <laughs> at the time, first of all, I was shocked I was being cut. Secondly, I knew they were lying. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was the part that really bothered me. I was like, you know, they were like, well, you know, right now we got Lenny and we got Rob. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not keeping that kid over me. Shut up. Like, this is ridiculous. And I was very frustrated because they traded for me. Conditional seventh. Yeah. I played fine. I didn't play at a Pro Bowl level, Andrew. I wasn't a Pro Bowl player. I played fine. And yet um, they cut me. I'm like, well, how are you going to trade for somebody? And I came and did exactly what you thought I would do, and then you still cut me. Why did you trade for me in the first place? But I only had four starts at center. Hank Fraley had like 40. And then as the backup, my salary would have been fully guaranteed on the opening day roster. Lenny Freeman had already claimed termination pay and Uh wouldn't be. So it all makes sense eventually. But in the moment, um, man, not good. Not good at all. teams, Teams, and I've been there on the team side, they never have a satisfactory answer, right? So you're just not going to get that. Because sometimes the satisfactory answer is, you know, in those meetings behind closed doors, it's some coach or scout that's just doesn't like you. Not personally, but as a player. No, but if they had just said, Andrew, we're trading for Hank Fraley, yeah. that would have been fine. And honestly, the Cowboys' answer was satisfactory. They just didn't think I was good. <laughs> and I thought it was stupid that they decided that early that I wasn't good. But that was at least like they they at least were telling me we don't think you're good. Yeah. And by the way, the funny thing about that, Andrew, one of the best things that ever happened to me, the Cowboys cutting me then. Went on waivers, got a full training camp with Buffalo, had the best three-year stint of my career. If the Cowboys keep me till the end of training camp and then cut me, I'm in a much different situation. So them cutting me in May ended up being a blessing, a real blessing. Yeah. You know, you are a blessing. Is, oh, go ahead. you know what's interesting is the and you know this. I just this is the day, right? But it's not over, as you know so well. Players are going to get claimed tomorrow, and then more players are going to get cut. And I experienced this with my client Matt Hasselback when he got drafted by the Packers. He made it, right? He made it. He was third string quarterback behind Brett and Doug Peterson, and. We celebrated like this was a huge deal. Six round pick. No one came to he wasn't invited to the combine. He made it. But lo and behold, waivers come out. A guy from the Bears named Rick Myrer got cut. And Mike Holmgren always loved Rick Myrer. So in comes Rick Myrer and Matt Hasselbeck is released. And there began his career on the practice squad of the Packers and then, you know, 19 years later. But uh, I learned firsthand before I was with the Packers, I was an agent for Matt with the Packers. And man, that was tough. Like Rick Meyer, are you kidding me? (laughs) And so we laugh about that, including Rick, you know. That's awesome. You're awesome, Andrew. This was exactly what I was looking for. Check him out on social media at Andrew Brandt. Listen, 
if you're watching or listening, if you're listening to the Business of Sports podcast, check out my other shows, Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It'll be daily next week. We got the Even Money Podcast for betting, fantasy fees for fantasy, college draft for college football and college football betting and prospects. And if you're on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast right now, you need to be subscribing to Andrew. He's been crushing it. Nobody else has the content he delivers. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Ross. Glad we could do this. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. Different perspectives, and I think the important thing about sports media is to show there are more perspectives, uh, more than quote-unquote media perspectives, from the player side, from the team side, from the agent side, from the insider side, and now from my view in all walks, including professorial. So I hope you enjoyed it. Before I leave, I want you to hear a word from Symbol. They're revolutionizing the sports betting world. Fan engagement, making it much more profitable, and that can be profitable for you. That company is Symbol. They're the stock market for sports. Now, here's how it works. You trade pro and college teams, just like stocks. You earn dividends, cash payouts when your team wins. Pro Football Focus calls Symbol the perfect blend of sports and the stock market, offering a brand new way to invest in your favorite teams and profit off their success. It took the thrill of sports betting combined with the profitability of the stock market, give you a platform where fortune favors the fan. I've already played around with it. I made some bets, especially this team I like a lot this year, not because I live in the area, because I've seen what they've done and built around Jalen Hurts. This team is going to be good. I bet on them in symbol, the Philadelphia Eagles. There's my tip for you. Enjoy that. Download the symbol mobile app for iOS by searching Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store. Use promo code BUSINESS. You'll receive a free team stock valued up to $150 just upon signing up. That's code BUSINESS, B-U-S-I-N-S, B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S, all caps. Claim your free stock on the Symbol mobile app. Symbol. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brent. Got to get my newsletter if you're not, andrew-brent.com. Get my daily videos at andrew-brent.com slash SBL, Sports Business League. Of course, Twitter, Andrew Brandt. Instagram, Andrew Brandt, too. I'm doing reels every day there now. And, of course, Clubhouse, ADB719. I'll be back with you next week. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to my producer, Brian Neal, music producer, Sam Brandt. To my guest and partner on so many podcasts, Ross Tucker. We'll see you next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.